Okay, so we're going to pick it up from Daf Mem Testament Aleph, um, the beginning of the Perak. Today's Daf is uh, it's, it's very interesting, it's very easy. Um, the Mishnah says like this, the basic premise of the Mishnah is that whatever comes to Nadarim, we go by the way people speak. So if there's a terminology, even if it technically means multiple things, but if people use it in one way, then that's, that's what you're referring to. So the Mishnah says, If someone says, I'm not going to eat mavushal. Now, mavushal technically means cooked. So on a technical level, something that's baked is also cooked. It's not raw. But mavushal in the terminology of people means cooked in water. So therefore, you could have roasted food, you could have, um, you could have baked food, um, undercooked food, because mevushal means fully cooked in liquid. That's what it means. That's the way people use it. Okay? Amar koinam tavshil anytime. Let's say you say, I, I swear I won't eat a tavshil. Tavshil, in the terminology, I mean technically, in the, in the terminology of the Gemara, tavshil means a, a liquid that is more runny, that is more loose, that is eaten with bread. So like porridge could be a tavshil if it's runny. If it's a thick cholent, it's not a top shul. If it's a thin cholent, it is a top shul. So therefore, the Mishnah speaks it out. If you said you're not going to eat a top shul, then you're not allowed to eat any runny liquid that was cooked in a pot that you eat with bread. But you're allowed to eat solid foods because solid, solid porridge and solid cholent is not considered a top shul. And you're allowed to eat a tarmuta egg. It was a certain type of dish. And a type of gourd. That was also permitted because, again, these items are thicker and they're not eaten with bread. Okay. Hanoi, it's like, it's like, a, it's like you, you can't eat a, 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 a half-boiled, a, a soft-boiled egg, but you can eat a hard-boiled egg. Hanoi de memaisa kadeira. One, if you say you're not going to eat a maisa kadeira, ain osel memaisa retachta. Maisa kadeira was a terminology for a type of porridge or stew that you had to cook for a very long time and it had to boil for a long time. Anything else is not considered maisa kadeira. Okay. But if you say, I'm not going to eat anything that was cooked in a pot, then it's Osir Bichlom, Mizbashim Mikdair. Then you not eat anything that was cooked in the pot. It doesn't matter the texture, the consistency, then it's Osir. Legamr. Okay. So we said in the Mishnah that if you say that you're not going to eat Mevushal, Mevushal means you're not allowed to eat anything boiled, but roasted and um, roasted meat is allowed because it's not Mevushal. Again, you could technically look at Mevushal as not raw, cooked. But no, mavushal means cooked in a liquid. But if it's a roasted pot roast, that's fine. Says the Gemara, Tanya, Rav Yoshia, Oyser. Rav Yoshia disagrees. He says, no, if you said you're not going to eat mavushal, then you're not allowed to eat um, uh, uh, roasted meat either. Now, Rav Yoshia says, I don't have a proof for this, that included in mavushal is roasted meat, but I'll, I have a remez. The Pasuk describes the carbon Pesach as being mevashel. Now, the carbon Pesach was roasted, so you see that roasted could also use a lashon of mevushel. Oh. So the Gemara says, so you see, you have our Mishnah, which says that if you say you're not going to eat mevushel, you're allowed to eat a pot roast. Rav Yeshia disagrees, and he brings a Pasuk. So what's the Machalikas about? So Lema Bahakim Lefugi. Rav Yeshia Savar Halach Achar Lashon Atayra B'Talim Dilan Savar B'Nadarim Machalach Lash B'Nei Adam. The Gemara says, you know what? It's a fundamental Machalikas. By Nadarim, do you go by the way people speak, or do you go by the technical words of the Torah? Meaning, the Gemara is assuming that when people speak, they use by by roasted meat 
they do not call it Mavushal ever. That's not the way people talk. But the Torah describes it that way. So the question is, do you go by the way vernacular of people speak? Or do you go by the proper way that's described in the Torah? So Rav goes by the Torah, and the Torah describes the carbon Pesach by Mavushal, so Patros is under the category of Mavushal. And our Mishnah goes by the way people talk. So it's, it's a larger Machlaikas. The Gemara says no. Everyone agrees you go by the way people speak. You don't go by technical in the Torah, find the Pasuk and Eev. You go by the way people talk. So what's the Machlaikas about? The Machlaikas is, how do people talk? Do people use roasted meat? It's a Mitzvah, Shaila. Do people use the terminology of roasted meat? Will they call it Mavushal? Basre, Markias, and Markias, and both are going by their locations. And the author of our Mishnah, Bitzli, Karalitzli, Mavushal, Karalim, Mavushal. In our Mishnah's location, they called roasted meat Sli, and they called cooked meat Mavushal, and they didn't go vice versa. In the location of Aisha, they called any meat that was cooked was called Mavushal, even if it was roasted. So the Kasha is, wait a minute, you're telling me that Rav Yashia goes by the vernacular of people, then why is he quoting a Pasuk? So the Gemara says, he's bringing a Pasuk. If you're telling me that even he agrees, you go by the way people speak, why does he bring a Pasuk for? The answer is a smach that wasn't the point. The Pasuk was not the basis of his shita. The basis of his shita is how people talk. He was trying to tell you, you want to know why people talk that way? Because the Pasuk even says, I mean, it, he was just finding the Pasuk as sort of a source for the vernacular of people, but it wasn't actually based on the Pasuk. The Pasuk was just backing up the way people talk. He was just saying, maybe the way people talk is because the Pasuk describes it that way, but the Iker is the way people talk. Okay. Now, the Mishnah said that if you said you're not going to eat a Tavshil, so I, I described it to you, a Tavshil is a loose food that's, cooked, that's eaten with bread. So the Gemara speaks this out, because technically, if you ask someone what's a tavshil, a tavshil just means a, a cooked porridge. It, 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 throughout Shas, right, like in, in Masechus Brachas, in the sixth parak, Lamed Hey, Lamed Vav, Lamed Zion. didn't do Zippu Brachas. Thank you. Lamed Vav, Lamed Zion, somewhere there. Okay, that's fine, fair enough. So, so... Um, that's not a great commercial. But the, the, so the, the Gemara describes a tavshil, and it says that you make a mezaynus on tavshil. Now, it doesn't make a distinction between the runniness of the porridge or not. Tavshil usually just means a porridge. It means something cooked, a stewish type of food. So our mission said tavshil, but it means specifically cooked with bread, eaten with bread. So it has to be a runny type of porridge. So the Gemara says, where did you get that from? Ha tavshil nada. You said you're not going to eat a tavshil. That should be all types of stews and porridges and cholins. So the answer is, Amr Abaya, high Tana, the Tana of our Mishnah holds, our Tana, in his location, they would only call a Tavshel for a type of stew that was loose enough that you'd eat with bread, that you dip bread into. If it was thick enough, he didn't call it a Tavshel. Meaning, throughout Shas, we actually just go with Tavshel, just means a cooked stew, a porridge. Our Mishnah follows the going vernacular when it comes to the way people talk. When it comes to Nadarim, Tavshil means technically eaten with bread. How do I know this? Vatanya, I have a brace that backs this up. The brace says, Hanoidim If you say you're not going to eat Tavshil, Asib Chomine Tavshil, you're not eat any cooked food. Asib Tzli, Bisholok, Mavushal. It could be a problem if it's roasted, undercooked, cooked. Asib Ratias Rachas. You can't eat young squashes, under, like soft squash. Why? Because sick people eat squash with bread. Oh, so so you see, right? Meaning squash, if it, it's very soft, they would it, it, they would like mush it up, and then sick people would eat bread, would eat it as like a dip. They would put bread on, put it on bread, and they would eat it. So you see from this brisa that the definition of tashul is anything that you eat with bread. Okay. Did we ever learn when somebody makes a nether, doesn't does this kavana matter? Or it just matters. It goes by the it goes by the Lashem Kavana doesn't matter. No, no. I mean, within reason, but no. 
not, not really. Like if you, if you, if you said, I'm not going to eat uh, porridge, in your mind, porridge means uh, whatever. No, ice cream, that, that's not. That, and that wouldn't be a reason for a parsa dark. If you would have realized that... Maybe, maybe that would be a legend, but, I, I don't, but maybe that would be a Pesach, but, but it doesn't make it that the, it doesn't make it that the nether doesn't... Meaning if you say that in your mind you meant ice cream, you could still eat ice cream. That's my point. Right. So, so peanut butter would be off limits. Yeah. So now the Gemara now is going to get on a tangent and it's going to take us, basically the rest of the daf is going to talk about different foods and detrimental to your health. It's one of those type of daf. So we mentioned that the, the sick people would eat um, squash. So the Gemara says, just as an aside, Amy, is squash good for a sick person? was once sick. He went to a certain doctor to get healed. He saw squash that was in the house. I guess people were eating squash by the doctor's house. He left the doctor and he said, The Malach is in this house and I should enter and give the Malach strength. Meaning, anyone who's eating any, any person who would feed um, squash to a sick person is not a good doctor. So he left. So what do you see? You see sick people should not be eating squash. It's not good for you. So you just said before that sick people do eat squash. This is an aside, Shaila. So the Gemara answers a couple answers. Like Kasha. Um, it depends if they're soft or hard. Meaning, if they're really, really cooked to the point they're very soft, then it's good for you. If they're uh, undercooked or, or still uh, firm, then it's not good for uh, uh, a sick person. Or, Rabar Ula Omar, Also depends if you're eating another answer. It depends what part of the squash you're eating. The inside of the squash is good. The shell on the outside is bad if you're sick. Damar Rav Yerhuda, as Rav Yehuda says, Laliva Dekra Basilka. The inside of the squash that's cooked with leeks is good for healing. Leave it to kisna bekutcha, and the inside of flax with kutach is also good. But you shouldn't say in front of an ama aretz because, um, um, yeah, because apparently, uh, if if it's not prepared properly, it could be harmful, as we said before. So you don't want to tell an ama aretz because if they don't know how to prepare it properly, they're going to harm themselves, and that's not good. So if it's prepared properly, it could be beneficial for your health. So that's a second answer of whether squash is good for you uh, or not. And Rava says, man chaylin rabbonon. Rava says very simple, and that is, if you're sick, you shouldn't be eating squash. I, it's a sick people eat squash. Rabbonon are called sick people because they're always constantly like not great. They're not ill. But they're like, don't. What are you doing? I don't understand. Can you, can you elaborate a little more? No, because I, it doesn't. It doesn't relate to me either. So I don't understand it either. <laughs> yeah. Well, he also. It's not squash. It's pumpkin. Oh, good. Hold there pumpkin, and he was. I was talking about the students, not the rabbanim. Okay, so well, didn't take care either squash or pot, yeah. whatever it is. The point is, the, the answer is, what yeah, the answer is, but the answer is they're not chaylim, they're, they're rabbonim, meaning if they're actually like an ill person in the hospital, they shouldn't be eating squash. They called chaylim, all rabbonim were called chaylim because they're, and they're never really taking care of their health that, that well. So the Gemara says, Rav Tamei, and Rav backs this up, that he calls rabbonim chaylim, Dom Rav, as Rav said, go to the next page, Keman Matslina Katsiri Vamariye, Keman Kerav Yaisi. This is not Shailah, um, this is a sugi in Rosh Hashanah of, of how often is a person judged. So Rav Meir said he's judged once a year, Niyam Kippur, Rosh Hashanah Kippur, and Rav Yezi said, Adam nidam achol a person is judged every day. So the Gemara over there says, again, it's... Rosh Hashanah says 
16a. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, <laughs> the Gemara says, I don't think Gavin's giving him anything. So the Gemara is saying, the Gemara says, so, um, uh, so the Gemara over there says, who, who, nowadays that you daven for a choyla, that you daven for Kitsiri and Mari. Kitsiri means a choyla, and Mari also means someone who's sickly. Who do, who do we follow? It must be a follower of Yaisi, meaning because the Gemara is under the assumption if you follow Rav Meir that we're Nidan on Yom Kippur, what's the Tachas of davening? So the whole Indian of Davin for Echayla must be, says the Gemara, you're following Rav Yaisi, that you're judged every day. So this day you'll have a new judgment. By the way, the Sukkah, obviously, we do Paskin that even according to Rav Meir, we do Davin for Echayla, and that's, it's not for now. You could change the mazel and it's a different person, or all these, all these things. Or maybe you're a sick, but you had a good judgment uh, under the assumption that people are going to daven you, whatever it is. The point is, he says over here, Rava says that we daven on every day for uh, Kitsi and Marie. Now, Kitsiri means someone who's ill, is a chayla, and Marie means someone who's sickly. What's the difference between a sickly and a chayla? So the answer is chayla are sick people, sickly are rabbanu. That's the answer. So the Gemara says, So you see that Rava sheet. Okay, now the, the rest of the daf, there's like two hal- quick halachic points I'm going to point out, but the rest is just. One of these arts girls just had to eat porridge. So, uh, I mean that honestly. So the Gemara says, oh, now, Musar Ba'ava, you're allowed to eat. If you said you're not going to eat a tabshul, you're allowed to eat thick tabshul because they would never eat thick porridge with bread because it's, it's like putting bread on a thick cholent. So the Gemara says, it's not, the Mishnah does not follow the practice of the people of Bovel. The Babylonians, they would actually put bread, thick porridge on bread. The Gemara says, the foolish Babylonians, they eat bread on bread. It's like putting uh, pasta on bread. It's, it's bread on top of bread. So the minig in, in Bovel was, they would actually take like a thick porridge, like a thick rice, and put it on bread. But that was not the minig of the times of the, of, of the Mishnah. Amr Chizda, um, if there's someone who could ask the people of Hutzel the following question. Now, um, Rashi brings down, um, uh, the Hutzel were like fancier, wealthier people, and they knew how to, like, the proper way to eat, and they knew um, the beneficial ways to eat. So he said, if any, uh, I'm sorry? Aristocrats. They're aristocrats. So he says, Rechizah said, if anyone could ask the people of Hutzel the following question. What's the best way to eat porridge? Is it wheat porridge with wheat bread? Is it barley porridge with barley bread? So you barley with barley, wheat to wheat. Or you're supposed to mix it up. What's better uh, beneficially? So Rava Achle Bechisis. So the uh, he didn't answer. The Gemara says Rava Achle Bechasisi. Rava would eat bread with a porridge of dried grain. Okay. Uh, Rabbi Avhuna found that Rav Huna was eating porridge with his fingers. So Amalei, Amai Ka'achel Maimene, why don't you use a spoon while you're eating it with your fingers? You just, you just enjoy it. Amalei, Sahachi Amara. No, it happens to be that it was, it was the way to eat back then. They're, they're describing the proper beneficial things. Yeah. Sahachi Amara. Yeah, so, so Rabbi said. This is what Rav said. If you eat porridge with fingers, it's going to be more sweet. It tastes better than, than using... They used to have... The utensils were, were not very clean and, and it had other flavors from previous meals. If you want to taste the porridge, you got to eat it with your fingers. And all the more so if you eat with two fingers, all the more so with three fingers. 
Okay. Uh, Rav said to his son Ruchia, and Ravuna said to his son Rava, if they eat, if they invite you to eat a meal of porridge, ad parasa, you should travel up to a parasa, meaning you should travel up to, uh, uh, you know, two thirds of a mile to get porridge. But but to eat ox meat, ad you should travel up to three parasa. I mean, that's, that's, that meal is it's, it's good for your health and it's worth it's worth the travel. If you eat, you should never spit in front of your Rebbe. It's considered disrespectful to spit in front of your teacher. So after you're eating, sometimes they would have saliva. You're not allowed to spit. But, except if you ate squash or porridge, then you're allowed to spit. Because they, they, it's like eating lead. It's not digestible. So the spitting is not just like, oh, there's something. So you have to get it out or else it could be harmful for your... If you have pieces that are not uh, able to be digested, you should spit it out. But if you look kamish for malka, you could spit even in front of the king for malka. Which um, I, I think it's the point is that it's not something you have to worry about the covet other people. Um, Shvur malka would not kill you for doing this, but uh, okay. Rav Yosi and Rav Yehuda. Chad ochel daisa Rav Yehuda and Rav Yosi had the following um, the following ma'isa. Uh, one ate porridge with his fingers. Vechad ochel behutza. One ate with a piece of bark. That was their spoons. They had a piece of bark. So. No wonder it's sweeter with your finger. Huh? No wonder it's sweeter yeah. with your finger. So the one eating with bark, the spoon, said to the one eating with your fingers, uh, Why do I have to eat your dirt? Because under your fingers is dirt. So he said, they were sharing porridge together. So he was like, use a spoon. I'm tired of eating the dirt from under your nails. So... So Amrle, Dachel Tzbasi, the Dachel Bahutza, the one eating with. Yeah, Kabbalistic, I'm sure this is okay, but that's all. Dachel Bahutza, the Dachel Tzbasi, the Dachel Bahutza, but then the one eating with the bark said to the one, the one eating with the fingers said to the one eating with the bark, how long do I have to eat your spittle? Because on the bark, there would be like saliva stuck on the spoon. So you're double dipping. So he wasn't happy with him. He wasn't happy with him. Okay. Rav Yehuda, Rav Shimon, Aisi Lakame Blusfun. Rav Yehuda and Rav Shimon were brought in front of them Blusfun, which is a type of fig. Rav Yehuda Achal, Rav Shimon Leachal. Rav Yehuda ate, Rav Shimon refused. Amalei Rav Yehuda, my time So Rav Yehuda said to Rav Shimon, why aren't you eating the figs? Amalei Rav Shimon. Um, these uh, they stay in your body for a long time. So these figs, uh, if I eat them, it's it's it 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 stuffs you up, and uh, I'm good. So this is This is great that I don't have to eat tomorrow. Meaning it stuffs you up. I'll have nutrients for the next day, so that's even better. I don't have to. It lasts longer. Okay. So the Gemara continues. Rav uh, Yehuda, there's two halachic things I'm going to point out. And then we'll just, we'll just run through them. Rav Yehuda have a Yosef come to Rav Tarfin. Rav Yehuda was sitting in front of Rav Tarfin. I'm with Rav Tarfin. Rav Tarfin said to Rav Yehuda, Hayoyim Penechat Suvin. Your face is shining today. What's going on? Meaning you look very healthy today. I'm with Rav Yehuda said to Rav Tarfin, Emesh Yotsov Adechel Yesterday, your servants went to the field. Hevilan Tradin. They brought, they brought me beets. And I ate them without salt. And if I eat with salt, uh, my face would be even shinier. Meaning I ate, I ate, uh, I ate the vegetables yesterday, so I'm feeling a lot better. Now this next Gemara I'm going to mention is a halachic, a halachic point from this. And then there's a metziastic way to reject the point. Um, a certain Roman woman, non-Jewish woman, said to Rav Yehuda, You're a Paisic. But you seem drunk. And Rav Yehuda, I guess, was he had the glow of someone who um, who uh, who had alcohol 
in his system. Maybe he was in a good mood, whatever it was. He says, how could you be a Paisic and be drunk? Yeah, maybe he was chilled. I don't think so. Amr Allah, Rav Yudha said to you should know, I swear, I never drink. The only time I drink is Kiddush, Havdalah, and Dalad That's it. That's the only time I drink throughout the year. It's a riot to, it's a riot to the Ramah that he slept on Purim. But he drank Kiddush, Havdalah, and the Dalad Kaisis. But he says, this is how much I hate alcohol and how much it, it, it hates me. I have a headache from Pesach and Teshvuas from the Dalad Kaisis. So Moshe Feinstein has a famous shita. He calls this Gemara. He has a famous shita. I should say something halach on the daf. Rav Moshe has a shita that when it comes to Dalit Kaisis, you're not supposed to use grape juice because he says cheres means alcohol. He says, I'll prove it to you. Rav Yehuda drank wine on Pesach and he was, I'm sorry? Yeah? When he finished, when he finished. Okay, fine. Rav Yehuda drank wine on Pesach and it got him, he had a headache till Shavuos. It says, Rav Moshe, why didn't he have grape juice? So he says, the chais, grape juice doesn't work, and that's why you drink. So the truth is, Rav Ganak, Rav Menachem Ganak, the one that headed to the OU, he wrote a tshuva, he wrote a thing about this, and he said, Mitzias, the reason why there's no grape juice is because grapes are harvested by Sukkot, and they're, they're squeezed then. You can't have grape juice by Pesach because grape juice will turn into wine by natural fermentation. The only reason why we have grape juice throughout the year is because they pasteurize it and it kills the alcohol process. So he says it could be, maybe he would have had grape juice, but there was no Metzius grape juice. So Rav David Feinstein responded to Rav Ganak, he brings Elda. Rav David said, it's a good taina, my father, but he says his halacha is still true. Meaning, okay, so he may hop uh, on this Gemara, but he says the, the psak of Ramosha is still that he says my father would not have backed down on his psak regardless of whether they said that he didn't base it on the sand. But the point is Ramosha did say from this sugya that you see from the fact that he drank wine on Pesach and to give him a headache until uh, Shavuos, that you see that A, you're supposed to push yourself to drink wine even if it gives you a slight headache, and also the ingredients in grape juice, because meat in the Meshachar, you need to have some sort of alcohol, which is uh, that's called Cheres. Rav Soloveitchik, by the way, just Agar Rav Soloveitchik felt the exact opposite he said Cheres is the ability to drink a drink that you prefer, and, 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 not, and not hate it. So he said, real Cheres is if you prefer, if you can't stand wine, he says you should not drink grape juice. Yeah? Oh. So, so Moshe Psak is you cannot be the Dalad Kaisis with the grape juice? It's not it's not the Dalad Kaisis, but the Evan, the the Dalad the and the Mitzvah, but you're not Yoitza Kheris. He says, So says Rav Yehuda, I don't drink wine at all. So why is my face shining? And why do I look whatever? A man's wisdom shines through his face, meaning what you're seeing me, if I'm glowing, it's not alcohol, it's because he learned to sugya that he was happy about. So his joy was based on Torah, not based on alcohol. This next Gemara we've had in Brachis, I'm not going to ask you where. Oh, really? There's no way to know. Um, uh, <laughs> unless, like, the art scroll says where it is. There was a certain Tzaduki said to me, this I don't know, it's a Tzaduki Brachas. And he said, your face is shining like someone who either let, makes money off ribis or you raise pigs. Those are both apparently very easy ways to make money. Because ribis is just, you loan someone $10,000, ask for $100,000 back, that's easy. And apparently pig breeders were, it was an easier job. So you said, your face is shining like someone who's, who looks chilled. You, you clearly have those, one of those two professions. So Amalei Rav Yehuda responded to the tzaduki, you should know on, on the Jewish law, you're not allowed to raise pigs. And also, 
ribis is usher. So why am I? Why do I look so healthy? The twenty-four bathrooms from my house to the base medrash. I try each one. Meaning, I, I have a healthy uh, system. If you have a healthy system, that's that's what you're seeing. Now, Rabbi Yehuda Karayel's the base he would carry a jug on his shoulders to use as a chair. And labor is good because it's, it honors you. Meaning, he was trying to anticipate that people would say it's not bakovedik for him to schlep a chair. So first of all, he said, you should know working, hard work, gives you purpose, and that itself is something. After that, I'll tell you something after this. So hard work is, 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 it has a, like, it gives you a purpose. And also, the, the Rashi explains, this is not just hard work, this is hard work in order for him to learn. So it's, it's mechavid me. Rav Shimon shakled son al-kaster, Shimon also would take a, a basket to sit on, and this is He said again that, that Malacha honors me, so it's not a bizarre. We'll do the next quick Gemara, and then we'll stop. The bisu to Rav Yehuda nafkis nakva amra. Rav Yehuda's wife went to the marketplace and bought wool. Of the glima dehutva, she made a coat. She made a coat out of it. So kadnafkis l'shuka michsi bay. When she would go out to the marketplace, she would wear the coat. V'chadnafik Rav Yehuda l'tzliyim. When Rav Yehuda went to daven, have a michsi matzli. He would also go out. By the way, this shows you that they um, they were very very poor. Rav Yehuda Kamenetsky had a mice also with him. That there was a period of time where he was a rav before the war, where also he couldn't afford. Uh, sh- him and his wife shared shoes. Wow. So Rav, Ye- Rav Yehuda and his wife, so Chaim Shalavitz used to point this out that him and his wife they, they, he couldn't he couldn't afford two coats. So she would wear the coat when she would go out. He would wear the coat he would go out. By the way, why isn't that a problem of Begadisha? So the, the, the Marsha speaks out. It was a she made it in a way that it was unisex. She didn't cut it like a female coat because then he wouldn't be allowed to wear it. She didn't cut it like a male coat because then he wouldn't be allowed to wear it. It was one of these unisex type of coats. So that's why uh, that's why it was allowed. So um you should by the way it's a whole sugi you should just know that men wearing women's coat in the opposite it's not so posh. Um, it happens some, but with women, it's a little more makele than men. But sometimes you'll have it with like the wife's cold and she'll, chivalry. He'll put the jacket on her. That's probably okay, but uh, the opposite would not be okay. The stomach to take your wife's coat. Probably can't imagine it's a good idea, but it's it's not okay halachically. But anyway, this is a unisex coat. But the Gemara says. And when he would wear this coat, even though he had so little, he would make a special bracha on it that. Uh, this would be, I guess, Malbish Arumim. That was his version of Malbish Arumim. That Baruch Hashem, I have a coat. And uh, even though it was very simple, but to him, it was significant. All right, we'll stop here. Because uh, the next one is a whole is a story that will take us into tomorrow's day. Okay. My pleasure.